calling all the cannabishes. Welcome to High Tea. High Tea is a high vibe podcast for women who also smoke weed. This is a thoughtful and blunt exploration of pot and its magic, the role it has in the lives and processes of cool and creative people everywhere, and an evolving cannabis culture that we're seeing happen before our very eyes. We're going to talk to some of the most interesting names in and out of the industry, sharing stories, trying shit first, and connecting women all around the world who use cannabis creatively. Michelle! Hello! Hi, Jen. How are you? Good, how are you? Good. I only respond to nudes today. Okay, sorry. Hi, nudes. What's up? We have a very special episode today. Yes, we do. We have a special guest. Her name is Carly Stojic. Hello! She is one of our original high tea hoes. You know why? Because she took us down. (laughs) We were were good stoners on 420 420 because of Carly. was spent in my bed because of this bitch. (laughs) (laughs) Because we met her pre-11 a.m. That's why. (laughs) And I popped the gummy. But then we tapped into your brain and your magic and your amazing fucking wealth of knowledge because Carly is a trend guru extraordinaire. Mm -hmm. She knows what's up across the board in terms of what's happening, the big forces and mega kind of influences that are changing you know culture and moving and shaking this mega industry that we're in right now and we wanted to tap into her and kind of lay down what we talked about at Lyft, even though it's obviously yes. going to be different because it's gone. She smoked too many joints since then. <laughs> uh, but the truth of the matter is it's easy for us to go on a little bit of a ranty about how to connect and build brands that you know, connect truly madly deeply with women Mm -hmm. in this space. Because the truth of the matter is, despite what we know and despite what we've been told and what all of the stats and the numbers say, it's actually women that are driving this industry. Yes, we are. Women smoke and consume more cannabis than men Mm -hmm. and they consume more fucking often than men Mm -hmm. regular right it's it actually is on the regular and and probably you know anyway the stats that we're hearing is that 53 percent of females smoke versus 42 percent of dudes and that 66 percent of those women consume on the daily Mm -hmm. 91 are consuming one to three times a week like so big that's regular consumption that's a you know the truth of the matter is that women are have implemented cannabis into their wellness routines mm-hmm. and they've woken up to the like amazing holistic healing power that cannabis holds and that the plant holds but you don't fucking hear about it no we're reluctant to talk about it there's reticence for us to come forward because we're scared we're worried about judgment are you gonna judge me are my colleagues gonna judge me my peers my my family, my friends, my Mm. boyfriend. Are you judging my femininity? Are you judging the value of my work? Are you judging the value of my creativity? Mm -hmm. Are you... Judging the way I'm raising my kids. Exactly. Are you not going to want your kids to play with my kids kind Mm -hmm. of thing? I'm sure, you know, we're talking to a mom... We've talked to moms, you know, that, that don't want to come forward and share yeah. this with their peer group, yeah. you know? So you're not hearing about this stuff, but we wanted to talk about how women are actually, we hold the power to elevate this yeah. industry and take it really back as our force. own. We are the driving force. And 
I, it's a personal mission of mine to like work on this whole idea of destigmatizing the category. I call it destankification, though I was misquoted. It calls destankification. But regardless, I'll take it. But the idea of clearing the air, clearing the smoke, and this, you know, the category of the stigma and yeah. that old heady head shop stoner vibe that that encompasses even what a lot of the brands are doing right now. Yes. Oh and God. I said it at Lyft. I'm like, if you're doing this right now, you're done. You're doing like, it wrong. You're doing shit wrong. And really females need to take this category back as our own. Mm-hmm. And in fact, when you talk and when, when you talk to a grower and they talk about how they cultivate the crop and how they bring this gorgeous flower forward to the world that's taking over the world, they call it elevating the female. That's actually what they call it. They change the conditions of the environment in order to allow the female plant to survive and to thrive. And I think that truth and that insight is something that the category needs to take heed and take to heart because this is a critical fucking time Mm -hmm. of brand building and of evolution. And what we're seeing is a disconnect. Look, there she goes. (laughs) What we're seeing is a fucking disconnect because females are driving this grassroots growth. We're the healers. We're the medicine makers. We're the storytellers. We're the ones who are sharing this shit with our communities. Mm -hmm. We're the ones who are, who are using this stuff to, with our families and our dogs, yeah. you know? And yet we're still seeing the men at the top where the money's moving, where the business decisions are being made and where the branding decisions are being made. Mm-hmm. So women are being thought of as an afterthought. They're not coming, you're not, they're not being put first no. and putting, you know, at the forefront of the, the, you know, people's minds and planning and turn. Yeah. And, and that's a big misstep. Well, and what you're seeing is gaps. Yeah. There's gaps in how brands understand the role that cannabis plays in our life from a holistic sense. There's a lack of stories that are about females to females for females. And there are definite gaps in the shopping experience, the retail mm-hmm. experience with the exception of 1066, no shopping experience undist <laughs> no shopping experience and retail experience understands how women, especially latent users. So people who used to smoke that are just coming back into the category or yeah. who are curious about coming back yeah. about all the questions they have. Right. So in this fucking avalanche, what we're seeing is women who are, you know, consuming more than men, mm-hmm. right. They are making the household decisions. Mm-hmm. They have more money to burn. Mm-hmm. They have disposable income that they're willing to spend on wellness yeah. and self-care. Yes. They're early adopters of trends, almost to a fault. And er, like, it's, you know, we're, we're actually the ones building this category mm-hmm. with our hands. Mm-hmm. So as this wave of weed comes toward us, in this avalanche of brands that is happening, like this category is about to fucking blow up like no category in the history of Earth ever We've has. We've never seen this before. True. What are some branding tips and tricks that anybody can really use to break through and build something that like women fucking love? Yeah. Table stakes to play is this notion of head, heart, and hands, right? Mm-hmm. Head. Am I easy to understand? Do consumers fucking get what I am? Mm -hmm. Do they get the role that I would play in their life? Is it easy to understand how I consume you, how I can take you, what, you know, when I can take you, what effect you're going to have, right? Like 
I don't know. Heart. Am I easy to love? Does your brand have soul, vibe, personality? Mm -hmm. Is there something about your brand that like the consumer can feel as if there, it's a person sitting next to them, right? That's how you build a brand is with soul. And then heart, uh, hands, hands, hands. Hands. Am I easy to fucking buy? Yeah. We start important, right? Women start online. We start in social. We start on Instagram in terms of understanding and coming to love a brand. Then we've got a path to purchase. Do you catch me there somehow? Are you amongst my peer group? Mm -hmm. Are we talking about you? Mm -hmm. And then how are are you easy to buy at the point of sale? Easy to find. Right? It's so simple. What is the retail experience like? What's it like when I rip that fucking package open and pop it in my mouth? I don't know why I'm in a gummy state of mind. It's because you're (laughs) It's because Carly's with us. Right, (laughs) but head, heart, and hands is like table stakes in order to play in terms of building a like a good resonant brand. What people are really trying to do is build this idea of a love mark, and Mm. that's totally not my word. It's fucking trademarked. But love mark is this notion of building loyalty beyond reason. Like your brand logo is fucking stamped on the consumer's heart or fucking ass in a way (laughs) that like they almost can't explain. Right? There's almost a magic to the connection, and. There's no real, like, there's a science to it, but it's also an art. Like, there's an alchemy involved. You know, my best sort of advice is is to go at, you know, an attempt to find your DNA, your own true unique essence, in a way that marries up deeper insights about what you know about your brand, as well as what you know about your consumer. Mm -hmm. So when I say insight, I don't just mean your your, you know, your knowledge, your information, I mean, your understanding of that knowledge, taking it one step further and coming to understand deeper, like deep seated existing motivations, desires, fears, whatever you call it in the consumer's life. What do they really fucking want? What do they really need? What things are really missing for them or really driving them and how that marries up with what makes your brand special and magical not just what you do, what you're all about, right? What you're famous for, yeah. right? So it's, it takes a little bit of a deeper kind of digging. And then it's almost like a Venn diagram where the two come together in this really kind of juicy territory. And you find this idea of a sweet spot where you can come to life in a way that nobody else can, right? Yeah. So that's, that's tip number one. Tip number two and my most important tip, and then I throw it to you, my special co-host, Thank you. is this idea of storytelling. Because mm-hmm. storytelling is how women and how humans connect. It's how we've always connected. And in fact, it's how we're fucking alive. Yeah. Because it's how we've survived. We used to tell each other on cave walls, p- painting on cave walls, around a campfire, especially women, right? Especially women. The secrets to how to function, how to survive, how to, survive, how to find yeah. the magic, how to yeah. find the wisdom, how to find the witchery in the culture especially the patriarchal culture that we live in, Mm -hmm. right? So it's important to figure out your brand's own unique story because it's how we connect with each other. Mm -hmm. It's how bridges are built between people who are really like 
totally different or from mm-hmm. totally different worlds. Mm-hmm. And I think most importantly, stories are how you project your values to the world, right? Like yeah. how you show people what you stand for and what you care about and what you're all about, right? Yes. But like critically, most importantly, storytelling is especially for women, mm-hmm. it is the first, it is the most primal, and it is the most potent form of marketing. Yeah. Word to mouth, one to one, woman to woman, female to female, you to fucking me marketing is how ideas spread. And yeah. then Instagram. And Instagram. Um, Yeah, exactly. As Jen was saying, word of mouth is the most potent form of communication and women are the ultimate influencers, especially on Instagram and in real life. Um, And you're right. The reason the human species survived is because of women. While the men were out hunting and gathering, the women were the ones at home saying, don't fucking eat that berry. Don't (laughs) (laughs) be wary of like certain dangers coming. And we did this to protect ourselves and our families and our tribe as a whole. And that's why the human species has survived as long as we have. Um, Whether we're teaching our children or caring for our older loved ones, we're also the bridge between those two generations. So we're teaching the ones that are coming after us, but we're also taking care of our older family members. And that's really important. Um, With the advent of social media as well, we're now using technology to create communities that are female only, female centric. Um, You know, I'm a part of a really amazing Facebook group called Rebel Mama, and it's a private Facebook group. And it's where women can share their shit and talk in privacy and, and feel like we can own who we are and be who we are truly in those spaces. Um, and it's also in these ways that we, this is where we share the stories of our lives. Like I often recount how I kind of took a break from cannabis, but I came back to it when I met my husband and met my father-in-law because my father-in-law has actually been using cannabis medicinally for 12 years and it literally saved his life. Um, and that's the type of story when I, when I go into the full spiel, that's the type of story that really resonates with someone who might not understand the powers of cannabis. Mm. Um, and on our podcast, it happens as well. We share, Jen and I share firsthand stories and so do our guests about, you know, why we use cannabis. A little too much tea. I mean, sometimes a little too much on tea, my part. <laughs> but it's okay. Um, but women have now come to us outside of just the podcast and are reaching out to us on social media to ask for advice. So Jen and I, that's another part of our mission is to educate ourselves so that we can help educate our listeners. Um, the next entry point that we need to think about or that brands need to think about is community building, which I kind of already touched on. But if you look at the thriving beauty and fashion industries, these brands are really like the indie brands are really good at social engagement. They're liking, they're regramming, they're commenting on their consumers posts. And that is such an important way to, to, to tap into your audience. Um, and these indie brands are also putting their brand founders front and center for their brands. They're telling people why these founders founded these brands in the first place. Um, they're also hosting intimate masterclasses or events in, in major cities where consumers can meet the founders one-on-one. And that really, really resonates. It's like a ripple effect. You start small and it just keeps spreading. And Ultimately, community is at the heart of the cannabis industry. In cannabis, women have been at the forefront of advocacy and community building. But as Jen touched on, right now in Canada, women only make up about 5% of board seats on publicly traded cannabis companies. That's bullshit. Holla, that is we'll do bullshit. it. Hit us up. I know. <laughs> We're here for you. No. Women, and this is the thing, is women need to capitalize on their brand building power, especially in the health and wellness sector, once legalization hits. 
The next way in, and one that I think is really super important, is through sustainability. Sustainability should be at the forefront of any cannabis brand, and it should be at the forefront of the industry. It should not. It should be, be at the forefront of everything. It should be. You I know, mean, at this point, we know that, right? Yeah. yeah. Save the world. <laughs> but women, and here's the thing: is women are leading the demand for eco-friendly products and services, and they're doing that with their fucking wallets. Yeah, we're, we're willing to pay more. Right? We're willing to yeah. pay more money for products that are sustainable, and it's that's a proven fact. That's just a given. Um, so through my work as a journalist, I've I, I often cover sustainable fashion and beauty. It's you know something that I love covering. And one of the things that I found so inspiring is that a lot of these indie brands are actually meeting each other behind the scenes to share best practices. So that's another little community in and of itself is the fact that they're sharing their secrets with each other to try and help the other people grow their brands versus in competition the versus competition. Yeah. It's healthy competition. Yep. Right. It's still competition, but it's healthy. And I think sharing that type of knowledge is super super powerful. Um, the last point we wanted to talk about before we throw it over to Ms. Stojic, um, there needs to be thoughtful and organic education from any brand. So there are many women like myself who are going to be raising children in the time when cannabis is legal. Props to our next guest who's sitting on the couch. You um, should see this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> but children are now going to be more likely to be around cannabis, whether it's their grandfather who uses medicinally or their mama who smokes on the weekend. Hello, hello. Yeah. But so arming women with tools on how to talk to their family about cannabis is super important. Keep it simple, but definitely don't talk down to women because you'll lose us if you start talking down to us. Um, and one easy way of educating people about your brand is educating the women that are within your brand so that they can go out and start sowing the seeds and start spreading what your brand is all about. And then you're golden. I think that's the most important part. Yeah. I think arming the women that and your consumers with the knowledge and the power and the seeds of education so they can pass on the mantra mm -hmm. and pass on the magic. Exactly. You know, it's weaponizing is the wrong word, but it's like arming the but troops with yeah. the, with, you know, yeah, that is getting it out there. Good elevating. Right. Right. Completely. Okay. So show us the way forward, girl. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay. Yeah. So, Okay, so we're talking about branding. We're talking about storytelling. Yeah. Um, I you gave this talk at MIT, right? Yeah, I gave a portion of these ideas at MIT last Amazing. year. I spoke at I'm known as a trend forecaster. Uh, I worked for WGSN for about six and a half years. They're the world's most elite creative intelligence agency, um, and across all category categories in every industry, but. Uh, at MIT, yes, I spoke about cannabis as a mega category, and that's what I'm going to kind of throw down here. My bit is more, always feels a little more like an onslaught of information. And like, Jen, oh, sorry, Michelle, you were just talking about like, mm -hmm. don't dumb it down for yeah. us. Yeah. yeah. Now we're going to nerd the fuck out. <laughs> so um, here's, here's the deal with trends. So trends, they represent this under the underlying forces behind basic human needs and behaviors. And they really do help us identify emerging forces that are gaining momentum in culture. Mm -hmm. Only then by monitoring the pulse of culture as it shifts, can companies and programs like that we work with work, ensure that their brand or program, like Jen was saying, remains culturally relevant for the future mm -hmm. and that it resonates with audiences. I mean, this is the trend advisory ecosystem. Um, so let's talk a little bit about the mega mashup that is the cannabis space right now. Yeah, Everyone's let's. getting so 
hard over. <laughs> okay, so behaving as trends inherently do, cannabis is sort of magically explainable at varying degrees, but I feel like it's also inexplicably omnipresent. Mm-hmm. And it's like, how in trends, how do you break down the behaviors of an industry? Um, how do you break those behaviors down when, how do you break down magic? Yeah. How do you break down magic? Cannabis really is at the intersection of every industry. And at, you know, at MIT, I was talking about cannabis, how it's become a mega category by definition, by definition, because it's intersecting, it's engaging and causing effects in all other sectors. And it feels like the gravity of the tech industry, like mm-hmm. which connects every single ocean of business. And while I believe that tech and cannabis are interconnected and they have the strongest overlap, tech innovation is about utility. And so their goals of efficiency and ease of use, it can lead to a failure to address human the human emotions that really create meaning across the board. Yeah, that connection. That absolute connection, exactly. Mm-hmm. And that's what we're all trying here to forge, right? Mm-hmm. We're trying to forge meaning and understanding of both our digital lives and brands within our analog universe, yeah. right? Um, and that's the question on every single panel. Uh, but from a trend perspective, the DNA of cannabis has a foundation of emo diversity. Emo diversity is experiencing the entire spectrum of emotions as the key to our well-being. Mm, I mean, I think about that. how even that. the, you know, the idea of it is so encapsulating and it's very much like cannabis. But this emo I diversity experience the spectrum of emotions. The entire <laughs> spectrum of emotions. Yeah. <laughs> From flower to power. Um, and this emo diversity is going to be the new next big movement to hit the mindful market everyone and yes. everyone wants the mindful market. Yeah. But we live in a hyperculture where disruption is underpinning everything right now. So blockchain, yes, it's the emerging technology. It's drawn the most attention. Mm-hmm. It's transparent, decentralized, sort of hyper-secure approach to cannabis financing. Oh, and this is another thing. My piece is a little bit businessy. So on the on the B2B <laughs> day of Lyft, I was really throwing yeah, it down. You were the, throwing it down. Throwing it down for all those LPs and IB people. Um, but this mega category of tech um, and its universe is similarly positioned to the mega category of cannabis, which is why I talk about them a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it feels like the genesis of tech in the 90s. Do you remember? It was like mass enthusiasm as well as a ton of mass fucking confusion. Mm-hmm. Um, only cannabis shares more of the characteristics and reacts like uh, the culinary industry and food and drink. Remember that started like making steam in the yeah. early 2000s and from a trend perspective. So cannabis operates with the infrastructure of tech, but it has a whole different sector flavor profile. I'll tell you sure that much. Does. Um, let's talk about the consumer a little bit. Yeah. So again, who are we talking to? Um, enter the dichotomous consumer. I mean, really traditional groups are fraying at the edges and it's starting to force big cannabis and brands to bend their traditional trend trajectories. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, people used to always ask me what's coming around the corner. Now they want to know exactly what it looks like, mm-hmm. what those turns and bends look like. Um, and you know, the trend trajectory of cannabis is as big and variable as the plant itself, as well as the galaxy of technology, but it's really emotionally charged at the baseline. So super into that. Yeah. Um, Mostly for consumers, cannabis represents a tipping point. Mm-hmm. That's probably the strongest statement about how, canna- how consumers, uh, how, what the effect is on the purchasing public. And the public attitude towards the drug has started to undergo all of these massive shifts similar to perceived changes in sexuality, mm. mental health 
How about feminism across the board? Um, And we're hurtling over these stigmas. And I actually don't think that they're ever going to go away because. Not fully, but. No, because it's so many feels. Yeah, so many feels. Um, And cannabis is a mood driver and it's unlike anything else on the market. Um, And because of that, it's starting to carve out exciting new paths for within the experience economy. Mm -hmm. Um, And then how is that experience economy and how is the public educated? I'm calling it education. Yeah. And it really is a education like, and mostly in in like discussions with really high level uh, industry experts, the biggest takeaway that, um, we're on in the cannabis landscape is that generally we all still don't know shit. We don't we fucking don't. know anything. We don't know shit. We yeah. still don't know shit. Yeah. Um, we are still drawing those cave drawings right now. Exactly. Um, but successful cannabis market education is going to capture the human experience and it will hurtle over the controversy surrounding it. Mm-hmm. Um, per, for consumers, keeping them in the grow. I love that. Yeah. Stay in the grow. Stay in the grow. Um, by listening to this podcast, you're staying in the grow. But <laughs> keeping them in the grow is, is paramount. And what was once a symbol of fringe counterculture, which looks like an anti-trend to me, but marijuana, we know it's flowing into the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Um, finally. Finally. And I'm a huge, big champion of pro-pot media, like yourselves. I mean, like, mm-hmm. this High Tea Ho podcast is everything in terms of that sharing of information and storytelling. Um, but the sheer amount of cannabis focused reporting is a testament to our need for it. A big aspect of what modern learning is about, um, from a macro trend perspective, are behaviors surrounding truth. I spoke about this at MIT because we've loosely seen over the last decade with our need for product and service and corporate authenticity. How about authenticity in the messaging? Like it's, Also, not only about the evaluations of companies and about cannabis companies right now um, in the market, but it's about not about branding your truth or mine, um, but enough of like fake news, fake food. Yeah. Um, I think that edibles, speaking of food, let's get back to cannabis. uh, Edibles are going to be everything and they're going to be these new sort of hyper incredible super hybrids that are going to have... nutrients, narcotics and nutrients, a fusion of them, um, with messaging and content. Like nutraceutical driven. Exactly. Exactly. And like Silicon Valley's affinity for biohacking has spurred interest in the cognitive uh, effects of psychoactive substances. So yeah, we're going to see the elevated, like everyone's talking about cannabis beverages. Yeah, Yeah. that will be a thing, but I'm not just talking about like fusing those together, but I want talking about micro dosing. I'm talking about neo dosing, which is new levels of dosing, low dosage. Um, Talking about microdosing and neodosing. Like light, almost, yeah. like a like a Diet Coke. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and from a product perspective, we'll see things like cannabis coffee. Um, oh, yeah, no doubt. Out, That's right? how yeah. it has yeah. other effects. Yeah. Um, but holistically looking Josie's at... Josie's joint. I Jody's know. joint. Jody's joint. Sure. Jody Emery's What's opening a cafe in, in Kensington. Kensington. Yeah. Oh, mm-hmm. yeah. I love that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, can we talk about holistically looking at the market? It's not about being high. Yeah. It's about being present. It is. It's about being here. And that's where women are. That's where we want to be. Tapped in. Yeah. Bringing in new products that capture the CBD experience. CBD is huge. And its applications, I think, are going to be a massive disruption in the marketplace. Not only for, um, you know, it fucks with big pharma and their opioid business. Mm-hmm. Uh, but can, CBD is like a magical playbook. And we haven't fully 
discovered it in its full capacity because we're so distracted with the effects of being high over enhancement of our state of being, which is what cannabis can provide in the marketplace. It is turnkey to wellness and mm-hmm. absolutely for women's health. Yeah. It's all CBD is also the permissibility. It's the permission into cannabis, yeah, it's right? It's point. what's making it societally like acceptable, which I don't know. I, I'm, I'm, I'll take it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So we're talking about the future of hybrid edibles that won't be about fake flavored candies. We're talking about exercising market. <gasps> Shout out Mary Meltaways. Oh my God, that was so good. Yeah, that was uh, an orgasm in my mouth. We'll talk about it. Yeah. 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 So good. Truffle. Did, did you try those yet? Those no. truffles. Ooh, oh, you got to four them. Oh, I did. Yeah. I, sorry. Girl. All four are gone. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah. Shout out. So good. Yeah. We like you. Good mm-hmm. stuff. Send more. Actually, she's sending more. (laughs) She already loves her. (laughs) But yeah, exercising, market ease, all about that branded experience. I also want to know for women in weed, why aren't we making the new master growers the new rock stars? Yes. And Agnes, we have female master growers in Canada, and we should be rocking them out as total fucking champions. Enough of this male perpetual swagathon in this industry. Yeah. Because brace yourself, boys. We're no longer serving shit up from the middle. Mm-mm. And cannabis on a platter. Yeah, cannabis is the new frontier of feminism. And I think that everything is going to start shifting away from constructing and architecting a category that only caters to us. It's really about a female driven mega category. And for the first time in history since prostitution, Notice I don't say pornography, but since prostitution, (laughs) we have more than a fucking fighting chance to dominate this. So we have the opportunity to carve out a new landscape and have all those best practices too, to mitigate those industry inherent cluster fucks. So I do think that we should take it by the balls and, um, and thank you guys for all your kind of feminist bish work. Yes, that's what it's about. Cannab- it's about femme-driven cannabis power, right? Absolutely. You- Thank you, girl. Thank you, Thank Hi Tiho. You, Thank you for being here today. That Thank was an you. awesome, awesome episode. We're going to drop it. Drop yeah. it like it's hot. Hotty, 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 ho. Hotty, 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 ho. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little off. Bye. Whatever. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Check us out on Insta at Hi Ho. Like us and subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, and whatever Stitcher is. And holla at your girls by visiting high life. <laughs> <laughs>